Zero Season 3, Episode 12 starts now. Good afternoon on the East Coast. Good morning. Get yourself out of bed on the West Coast. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jamie Jurak. Good morning. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Aaron Perrine. Good morning, BD. What's up? I'm I'm feeling good today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, all right. We got Jenna Anderson here. Hey, everybody. We got a big show today. I'm super excited. We got a lot to talk about. We got changes at Marvel Studios. We have uh, Shazam flopping at the box office and the impact Marvel has had or that might have on Marvel. Uh, and we got a lot of Disney Plus updates, including details about Daredevil Born Again to talk about. So we got a lot a lot to discuss on Phase Zero today. You know we like to make the shows as chunky as we can. And also, I'm going to read the results of uh, the polls of our March Madness brackets first round. That was some slaughters in the first round. I feel like round two is going to be a little bit different. The Infinity Saga polls are live right now on the Twitter account. Uh, the, the round two will start after today's show. So I got to get on the Twitter and, you know, get those out there. I can't do both. All right. I got to host the show. Uh, but we'll get those out there. Round two will be straight chaos. But first, we got a special show today because it's the return of the king. We got he's he is all over the country in these past couple of months. We've been trying to find a time to get him back on the show. This man has been living it up in his NFL offseason. He's been hosting his own podcast, not just football. I hope some, some of you are tuning in. He's got some awesome people on there talking with him. And he's still keeping up with the MCU through it all. Back on phase zero, Mr. Cam Hayward. What's up? Appreciate you having me back. It's like a new hey. setup now. You know, Look at that. New music, season three. I'm excited to be here. Yes, sir. We're trying to keep up with you. Look at the, it's like every time you check into the show, the, the camera setup grows, the backdrop changes. <laughs> you got a new Thanos t-shirt. Well, we don't have a headquarters like you guys, but we'll, we'll catch up <laughs> one day. We got to get everybody down here to Nashville one time. One day we got to throw like a big phase zero bash. Everybody who's ever been a guest on the show has to come down. All the hosts got to be in one place. We'll, we'll do a show and then we'll all go down to Broadway and no cameras allowed. Nobody's allowed to. <laughs> what happens in Broadway? What's that? What happens in Broadway? Exactly. Well, <laughs> exactly. And they call Nash Vegas for a reason. Uh, Broadway. We're right off of Broadway here too. We're just... Uh, we're, we're actually, I don't want to say exactly where we are. Out <laughs> <laughs> here in Nashville. Uh, but we've had enough Marvel opinions that people disagree with that I don't want to tell people exactly where we are. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do it. Well, first, Cam, how you been, man? You've been, you've been all over the place. How's how, you, the, how's the off season treating you? Yeah. Got back from Hawaii not too long ago. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Are you well, going back to Hawaii too? Yeah. <laughs> Taking the fame out this time. I had to do some work out there for uh, sure. MLPA. But uh, going back, um, what what else are we doing? You know, just watching your show, listening. Uh, the March Madness was awesome. Only thing I can say is whoever got dealt Endgame and Infinity War in the second round is about to get torched. So. <laughs> I'm looking at this bracket, and I'm like, who made this thing? And then I remember it was me. <laughs> Uh, but, but some of these movies are left up to the slaughter. Uh, and also, I just I just want to really keep shouting out. I know a lot of you guys follow Cam on social media. A lot of the Phase Zero community started following Cam. Some of you probably already did before he came on the show. But the clips from Not Just Football should really be convincing you guys to go listen to the full show. You guys have some interesting conversations on there, man. It's fun. I like that you're doing that. Yeah, I always feel bad because I'll ask like questions I shouldn't ask, and then like I get great responses, and I'm like, oh. I didn't prepare you for this, but we're going to ask anyway. So it, it, it turns out really well. 
Um, I do it with my best friend back home. We've been friends since middle school. Our brothers were friends. And then we had always talked about doing a podcast. And then I was like, I think I have some connections. And so it ended up working. And, you know, we've got some really cool guests. Uh, we just had uh, Larry Nance Jr. on, um, a Cleveland guy. And now he's happy to be out of Cleveland. So make sure you t- tune into that one, Aaron. Yeah, I miss I miss Larry Nance a lot. It was fun having him home. Uh, I love him and Josh Hart trading houses because they got traded for each other. It's like, you just want mine? Yeah, just toss yeah. you my keys and we're good. Well, the funny thing is we had him on when he was moving out of the house. Hold on, honey. I gotta. I just got to go do this podcast real quick. You keep packing, but I'm going to go talk to Cam. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I packing the house. <laughs> No, that will see. Now you welcome, welcome to our life, Cam. Every once in a while, we're like, well, I know this question is the one that people are going to watch the clip. They're going to click on, but do they want to talk about it? Is this going to be weird? Yes. I got to ask it. Yeah, but hey, man, you do a good job, and that's 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 what it is. I mean, it's a, it's weird to have a conversation where it's like sometimes they're quick. Yeah, I mean, I love podcasts because we get to actually like talk. It's more comfortable yeah. when you do ask questions that are like, okay, well. Here's the thing. I don't know. You don't have to talk about this, but uh, it's better to do this in 30 minutes than the four when yeah. we rotate in and out of the hotel room at a junket. But uh, all right, let's um, let's talk about the results from the Infinity Saga Championship round one, which uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, I'm sure by the time this is on the platforms, uh, round two voting is already open. Uh, but round one was slaughter. In match one, Cap the First Avenger beat Iron Man 2 with a score of 77.6 to 22.4. With 9,000 votes. My goodness gracious. Iron Man 2, not that great of a film, but I still voted for it over Cap the First Avenger. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Anybody else on that train? Am I the only yeah. James? You know Sam- I'm going Sam Rockwell every time. <laughs> Doctor Strange put Captain Marvel out to pasture 84.6% versus 15.4. I did not. This one, this was the most unexpected landslide for me. I thought Captain Marvel would do better. I thought. Uh, a lot of the Captain Marvel fans will get loud on Twitter and get some uh, get some votes for her and get get some votes for that movie. But Doctor Strange really, really cleaned up. You there. have way too much optimism for the internet, <laughs> honestly. <No. laughs> like being a woman on the internet, I feel like I'm unsurprised that it lost. But like that is kind of shocking at how much it lost. That is a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I expected Doctor Strange to win given the comment sections and the history of what I see online, but. I didn't expect it to be that bad, but uh, round three, this is the one result that actually surprised me. Thor lost to Ant-Man in the first yeah. round. Thor one is the most slept on movie. I swear it. Thor one, Iron Man three and Avengers age of Ultron are the Kings of being underrated in the MCU and bring back Shakespeare and Thor. I've said it again. I've said it so many times. Thor is the best Thor movie. And honestly, uh, not even a jab at Ant-Man. Thor is a better movie. I literally, I couldn't, I didn't know my answer. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I had to go look yeah. at my official ranking on Letterboxd and they are right next to each other. I was like, wow. this really, I could have gone either way on that one. But I went by my official Letterbox ranking and I did vote for Amman. Well, you gotta, you guys, you gotta never change your stripes. Uh, <laughs> match four, Ant-Man and the Wasp got walloped by Avengers Age of Ultron, 15 to 85. Jamie. 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 <laughs> That's all I cared about. I just wanted Ultron to make make it past one round. Like, obviously, it's not going to win. I just wanted it to, to go one round, and it did, and I'm really, really happy. Yeah, yeah, that was... I, and it I, crushed. To be honest, that's, that's not even... The next three are even bigger gaps in mm-hmm. score. This is the single biggest 
thrashing of round one, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home put up a 95.7 over the 4.3% that Thor The Dark World managed to score, with Jim Viscardi being all 4.3% of them. (laughs) Made thousands of accounts to vote for Thor The Dark World and still couldn't get more than 4%. Woo, that's tough. But hey, Thor the Dark World remains my example for everybody who uh, who who talks crap about Jeff Loveness writing Kang Dynasty. You know who wrote Thor the Dark World? The same guys who wrote Civil War, Infinity War, Winter Soldier, and Endgame. Mm-hmm. So you, you, sometimes you got to go through hell to get to heaven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just looking for a metaphor. Well, that wasn't exactly it. Round six. Iron Man 3 was really set up here, and this was unfair, but Captain America Civil War put up a 92.5 on that. And uh, it was never, Iron Man 3 was never going to beat Civil War. Cap 3 is an Avengers movie, and it's also Cap 3. Uh, and then round set, match 7, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh, broke Harlem. 90% over the Incredible Hulk's 10%. So uh, that means our round 2 matchups, we're going to have the Avengers versus Captain America, the first Avenger. Spider-Man Homecoming versus Black Panther. Both of those got a first round by. Iron Man 1 versus Doctor Strange 1. Ant-Man Versus Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier against Avengers Age of Ultron. I feel like I know who's going to win that, but hey, Ultron, you had a good run. Spider Man. I'm voting against Ultron on that yeah. one. Sorry. You know. Spider Man Far From Home against Guardians of the Galaxy. That's see, that's going to lead to a very interesting Elite Eight matchup of Captain America: The Winter Soldier versus Guardians of the Galaxy because I yeah. feel like those two are are going to win that. But woo, that's going to be a good one. I know who I'm voting for, but I'm not saying it yet. Thor Ragnarok is going to take on Captain America: Civil War and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Somebody had to face Avengers Endgame, and it's it's that second Guardians movie. Uh, so I'm interested. The int- the matchups I'm most interested in this one are Civil War versus Ragnarok. Because those are two very different movies, both very, very good. And I do think I know who's going to win, but I think it's going to be interesting. And good Lord, I can't wait to see the number that Infinity War posts against (laughs) Ant-Man. Oh, my goodness. What do you, what do you, what do you guys, anything surprise you guys so far? Who do you think is going to win this all? I think that. Endgame's going to take it. I do. I was about I, to but, say, but yeah. for me, I'm team Winter Soldier all day. Yep. Uh, I will be voting for Winter Soldier till the end of the line, as some <laughs> of them say. You can do this all day. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, right. For me, I was just going to say uh, Winter Soldier makes it, but like when you start to think back of the Captain America movies, they're like all Avenger movies except for the first one. And so it's kind of funny because it's like, you tried Cap by himself, and he couldn't do it. So we had to add some more people. And then you look at Cap 4, and you know it's going to be an Avenger Fest there. So Cap 4 is going to be real interesting because I know we're getting, you know, we got we got Sam Wilson, Captain America. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Joaquin Torres, who's going to be there. And he's going to become the Falcon, I'll tell you right now. That's yeah. happening. Uh, Bucky Barnes, maybe. That's the rumor. So, I mean, who is there any uh, Thaddeus Ross? So we might have like a Red Hulk floating around, smashing around. Yeah, Cap 4 is going to be a big one. If they're fighting over Tiamat's big old hand, I'm here for it. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Yeah, Cap 4 is going to be exciting. Also, Lawrence Fishburne is very excited for uh, for Cap 4. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne's like, he's like, I was in Atlanta. They're doing a fourth Captain America movie. Bring it. And I was like, this man loves this stuff. I, I love that. 
so yeah, so the Infinity Saga, the championship, the March Madness style championship of the Infinity Saga is going on on Twitter right now. If you want to cast your votes after today's show, round two will be open and uh, we'll just keep going a day at a time. We might try to time it up and stretch out some polls so that we can announce the official winner on next week's episode of Phase Zero, but I will be in Budapest, so I'm not Ooh. sure if I'll be able to be on the show next week. We'll figure it out. I don't know what time it's going to be over there. Uh, we were, you and I remember Budapest very differently. All right. Victoria Alonso. We got to talk about this big changes at Marvel studios. And these are very interesting as delays are coming, as the box office is kind of getting interesting and a little bit worrying. Marvel studios is making changes. Not only are they slowing down the releases of these shows on Disney plus and delaying movies like the Marvels, but Victoria Alonso has exited Marvel studios. And I actually found out because uh, Cam texted me and said, what do you think of Alonzo leaving uh, Marvel? And I, I was off that day. I took the day off and uh, I was like, wait, what? So that's that's my reaction to seeing that message. I was like, hold on. Is this, is that real? So I opened up Twitter and I was like, oh, wow, it's, it's legit. So Victoria Alonzo has been an executive producer on every movie at Marvel Studios since the Avengers in 2012. And before that, she was a co-producer on every movie in the MCU, except The Incredible Hulk, because that was made by a different group. So that means Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Captain America, the first Avenger, and Thor 1, underrated film. Uh, So, and she's also been serving as uh, the president of visual effects and post-production. And then, uh, so there's a lot of different opinions. And I I don't know, we're going to have to discuss this, but I also feel like it's kind of a dangerous thing to speculate on because... I don't have inside information on this. I don't, I'm not privy to why Victoria Alonso has exited Marvel studios. I don't know if Marvel asked her to leave. I don't know if she voluntarily was like, I'm out. So none of the reports are really saying anything firmly. I don't think, and if anybody has any more on that, or I missed something, please uh, bring it up. But so Chris Lee wrote a story for Vulture a while ago, months ago about how the VFX artists are uh, complaining about bad work conditions and, just being forced to meet impossible deadlines and kind of being mistreated by Marvel Studios. And he went and tweeted, quote, so many VFX sources have told me that Victoria Alonzo was singularly responsible for Marvel's toxic work environment, a kingmaker who rewarded unquestioning fealty with an avalanche of work, but who also maintains the blacklist that kept FX pros wild eyed with fear. And so then I see people like Joanna Robinson from The Ringer, who hosts a lot of great podcasts in The Ringerverse. Uh, and then she quote tweets that and says, this is just the absolute opposite of what I've heard from every person who has ever worked with her. I'd call it a gross mischaracterization. So I feel like a lot of people are hearing one thing and go running with it. And I'm not trying to say Chris Lee is wrong. I'm not trying to say Joanna Robinson is wrong. I'm not in a place to do that. But this is an interesting conversation, no less, while Marvel Studios is inarguably going through a lot of changes and trying to change some things, whether we know what they're changing or not, it's clear some things are being changed. What do you guys, like Jenna, you're at the top of the screen. I don't mean to come to you first and put you on the spot. We're going to go down the road. Everyone's going to weigh in on this. But what do you think of this? Because I have my thoughts too, and I'll happily go first if you guys want me to. But uh, it's it's really interesting that this is coming as all these changes are happening at the same time. The timing of this is really interesting to me, too, because I know she's like putting out a memoir, I think, in May. So like that now coinciding is like going to be in a very interesting light. 
I think just looking at the information that you just presented, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle, realistically. And again, it's not worth speculating. We obviously don't have insider information. Um, I'm just more surprised that we are now at the point in Marvel to where executives like this can leave. Like I know Feige in the past has talked about like the chain of succession and how eventually if he were to leave, like what that would look like. And so I think it's just the fact that she's really the first executive from the parliament to leave that then feels unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah. Cam, what do you think of this? Well, first of all, I got to say, I go to all my information for BD to BD and I ask him everything. Like I need to have a Slack channel just with him. You know, I'm always asking him questions and he's always, I always feel like bad because it's like 12 o'clock at night and I'm like, dude, what do you think of this? And, so, and then I'm awake and then I'm still awake anyway. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the situation and like, you know, I feel like everybody's looked at BFX as like a problem and everybody's, you know, you can look at all these different projects that have been worked on and then this is the first thing that happened that's truly big. You know, you talk about Kevin Feige leaving and then now you see him staying because Star Wars didn't work out, which is another thing. And it just feels like there's they're they're trying to clean up their mess. Um, and hopefully, just giving the delays, it gives more time to all the workers that you know it's affected. Um, I don't know what to think. I'm just a fan. Just worried about the product. You know, I think you just you know Jenna hit around on the on the head when it said it just needs to be in the middle because. Um, everybody's looking for great stories, but for it to look complete and, you know, everybody to have the time to do it. Yeah. Aaron, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm probably aligned with Jenna. I really respect Joanna's reporting. She's working on a giant, giant book about the MCU right now. So I wouldn't just say, oh, but the vulture piece. I'm like, yes, it's, it's true. Also, I would say all as well for anybody saying, oh, the VFX stuff. I am going to, it, it's my mission. If nothing else, this is my ministry. I'm going to break y'all of thinking that just because you change one thing to VFX and everything's going to be March of 2019 again. I swear mm. I will do it. I will work myself over the coals. It is not coming back, y'all. I don't think so. We're going to have to adjust. That's going to come later in the show. We're going to talk more about it. But um, I think that it, it, the, there's a thing like called Occam's Razor where like the, the idiot solution is the right solution. And I think more of the fact is, is that they're cutting all this money. They say they want $5.5 billion in savings. And that's why they're going to have this wild round of layoffs. And if you cut one of these big VPs, that's a big chunk of money at the same time. Right. She's not Feige. Mm -hmm. She's not Nate Moore. She's not. Uh, what What's what's uh, the one that you talked Esposito. to? Yeah. Esposito. Even and there's one more, yeah. And then there's one. There's one other Older. lady. What's her name? Um, Tan, her last oh. name's Tan. Yeah, like it, it, a couple of them might actually not be there. So mm -hmm. there's an easier way. I mean, especially if you're going to have to preemptively, possibly back up the Brinks truck for Robert Downey Jr. at some point in the next five <laughs> years, that you could save that money and use it for that, right? Um, so and Tran. Yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. Nice. Yes. Yeah. And she's very nice. Although she doesn't answer our questions, we love her. <laughs> <laughs> not directly. Um, so yeah, that's my take on it. Jamie, what do you think of this? I mean, I texted Aaron on Monday and I was like, in 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 my dream head scenario, she's just like, I'm rich. I'm ready to retire. <laughs> like, I think, like, because you're like, you can do that. You, you know what? Like, you've worked really hard for that long. I think you're allowed to be like, I'm done. But it's it's hard also not to consider that the biggest one of the biggest criticisms of uh, Marvel lately is are the effects. I, I mean, I think Quantumania 
was a bad movie that looked bad that personally that's just how i felt but um but also i i agree with aaron that like people celebrating this i think that's a little extreme because that doesn't mean anything uh i think that i think that that's uh uh a, 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 a uh, quite a reaction to celebrate this woman leaving like you don't we do not know the circumstances and in terms of these two conflicting journalism responses i wouldn't be surprised if both of those are right because when you have that high of a position in power and that you that many people work under you not everybody's gonna like you but people some people will like you that's just the a fact I, I can't think of anyone who's just like universally beloved that's a boss except for jim viscardi of course. <laughs> well, I, I was, my next story was about <laughs> but I saw Aaron had a thought there. I wanted to ask Cam this because this happens in your field a lot. They people root on y'all getting fired or traded <laughs> and all that kind of crap, and they oh. forget that it's like a person. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, and and just because you fire or ship my friend away from here to somewhere else does not mean we're going to be better. In a lot of cases, it can cause problems. So I I, thought, I just wondered how you felt about that. Well, well it's funny you bring it up. I'm going to plug my show again, not just football, because we talked <laughs> yeah, to hey, Larry, Larry Dan Jr. about it. Because he got traded, like, from L.A. to Cleveland. Yep. And, you know, he's got a family and everything. And, like, having to break that to your wife and tell her, oh, I'm going across the country – to play with my dad, play this is awesome, but you got to move. You know, nobody really thinks about it. Everybody gets excited around trade deadlines, but then, you know, when it happens, it's like, oh, shoot, I just built a family here. I just built a home. Like, everything yeah. gets thrown up in the air. Luckily, I think Victoria Alonso's okay with yes. stepping back. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the memoir coming out. I didn't even know about the memoir, but that's Buku Bucks right there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I mean, like to Jamie's point, like, I'll think about, like, you know, Everyone's like me and me and Jim are friends. Like we're friends outside of work, but every, he's still, you know, he's the boss here at comic book and every once in a while, he'll have to send me something or he'll ask me a question. And I'll be like, you know, why are you asking me that? Why are you making me do this? And then I'll go vent to somebody be like, why is Jim doing this? It's like, you know, it, that's everybody. And I'm not afraid to let Jim, like I'll let Jim know. I'll go straight to him and be like, Jim, stop it. But I mean, for, I mean, I'm me and Jim have a relationship where I feel like I can do that. We've <laughs> known each other for eight years. It wasn't that way when I walked in the door, that's for sure. But that's the point. Like everybody has a boss where, you know, first of all, everybody has a boss. So everybody has somebody they answer to. So it's okay. It's every once in a while, your boss is going to tell you something you're not going to like, you're not going to want to do. And that might piss you off. And sometimes you share that to somebody and they'll be like, well, everybody must hate this person or something or everybody. If that's the only account they hear, then you have other people who actually know people personally. And it sounds like that's what we're getting on, on, on these accounts of it on Twitter. And maybe one person is more accurate than the other. I'm just saying I can see how. Some people may have had a bad experience working with Victoria Alonso or for Victoria Alonso. And some people might know her personally and some people might love working for Victoria Alonso. So I really don't know. I don't think we have any answer. I don't think we have enough information to draw a conclusion. At this point, you're just choosing who you believe. That seems to be the case here. And everybody on Twitter wants to do that because everybody wants drama. Everybody wants Zachary Levi to hate The Rock and The Rock to hate Vin Diesel and Vin Diesel to hate all three of them and Tyrese Gibson to make another album so The Rock can make a meme and talk about how bad it is. And it's just like they don't care about the fact that these are actual people. These are people who are successful. These are people who have a bunch of money. And everybody's like, well, it doesn't matter what I say about them because they have money and they make movies. So they're not going to feel bad about anything ever because they're incapable of having this. No, people actually do have feelings. Like people on the internet do have feelings. We read your comments. And I'm not up there with The Rock and Vin Diesel and Victoria Alonso and all these people I just talked about. But people on the internet are a bunch of dickheads. And they all want drama. And they all make a bunch of assumptions. And they all go off of one piece of information. And they say one thing. And they actually don't know what the hell they're talking about. So in the case of Victoria Alonso, I look at this. And I'm like, hold on. 
Did she leave? Did she get fired? Is this a thing where it's like, well, we had some bad VFX and post-production experiences because we decided to bite off 50 hours of content in two years and we need to pin it on somebody? Or did she say, hold on, y'all are making too much content. I need a break. I'm not going to keep up at this pace. If you do, I'm leaving. Or is it none of those? We don't know. So I refuse to take a stance to be excited or disappointed about Victoria Alonso leaving. And I don't think we will ever actually have any actual information about this because Marvel Studios' number one go-to thing is we don't comment on rumors and speculation. I think they have to release a statement on why Victoria Alonso left because she has been a pillar of the success of Marvel Studios to this point. Whether it was all done well and perfectly and morally and all this or not, there's no denying Victoria Alonso played a big, big part in this. I hope it was good. I hope it wasn't this thing where Victoria Alonso was a dictator to the VFX artists and the VFX artists are doing okay. It sounds like VFX artists need a nap and a little bit more money, and I don't blame them for that. And more time, which they're hopefully getting with the Marvels and stuff like that. That said, I think we need to wait and see, and maybe we never even will. Richard. But- Richard, clip it and put the Shook One's instrumental under it. Put the Shook One's instrumental under it. Let him cook. Let him cook. Let him cook. I'm tired of the internet. I'm telling you. I should have wrote that down. It could have been even more organized, but I was like, I'm just going to fly with this. But listen, I just. Beautiful. Yeah, it's good to see a good rant, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to here. So, yeah, so I think I think it's pretty clear. We all have our thoughts on this. I don't feel comfortable speculating because I don't know. And I do believe that people trust me on the internet. People in the phase zero community trust me. And I don't think any of us want to, like, lose their trust. I don't want to, you know, say anything about something I don't know. So it's interesting this is changing. I think the most interesting takeaway is that things are changing at a time where it feels like they need to be. And we'll talk more about that after the break because Shazam just flopped the box office in the midst of Marvel having some woes itself. So we'll take a one minute break. Uh, We'll see you in just a moment. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Season 3, Episode 12. I'm Brandon Davis with Jenna, Aaron, Jamie, and our special guest, Cam Hayward, on today's show. Right now, we're about to talk about the box office for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And the big takeaway from the fact, this there's no way to sugarcoat this, the movie flopped. The movie didn't do well. And I liked the movie quite a bit. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I'm going to see it again at some point. I probably won't go to a theater to see it again. It's not that good, but I love that I saw it in a theater. And I want to watch it with my mom and I want to see it again. I just was entertained. I thought the opening scene was great. We're not going to get into spoilers for Shazam. If you haven't seen it, which many of you clearly haven't, we're not going to spoil it for you. But it just didn't do well. It made 43% less at the box office than the first Shazam movie did, which is wild. Uh, I know Aaron has some thoughts on this. So, Aaron, if you want to take this one, I'll let you go first here. Um, I'm going to go through this quickly for time, but like, so we all see what happened with Shazam. Uh, you know, uh, anytime that the star of a movie is on social media after the movie comes out and it's just firing wild shots from the hip instead of celebrating the milestones that it's hitting, you know, you know, something has gone wrong. So we have to talk about, you know, the larger effects of all this content, all this stuff releasing, like the lukewarm response to Quantum Mania, the lukewarm response to Shazam. I think that it's probably more to do with just everybody's 
like the outside world more than anything else. For me personally, I believe that. I said that a couple of weeks ago on the show. People were like, you're just making excuses for this. And then now look at what happened with Shazam. Now we got to deal with it, right? Um, Jenna wrote a wonderful piece that you should all read about some of the same problems popping up for DC, Marvel, and Star Wars in some ways, right? Because apparently the viewership on Mandalorian isn't what it was a couple of years ago either, which is strange. I don't know how. By the way, shout out Carl Weathers. Today's episode was excellent. It was wonderful. Um, but what do you guys think about how it performed? I really think that this is like outside force stuff. I'm like, I'll, I'll go first, because as Aaron said, I wrote 1500 words about this last night. I was like, earlier this week, I was like, I am not going to engage with this conversation and this discourse because it is so multifaceted and I'm just so tired. And then I was like, you know what? I am going to wait in. I think it is this weird combination of elements. And I think it is this thing where both Quantumania and Shazam, as much as I love Ant-Man and I love Shazam, I feel like they are lucky that they got movie franchises when they did because they were at the height of the superhero boom when people were just going to go see superhero movies regardless. I feel like if those characters had not been on screen already, they would be Disney Plus or HBO Max shows like without hesitation. And they would probably be seen by more people because you don't have to pay the $10 barrier of entry to go watch them. So I think it's exactly what Aaron said and I think my piece basically argued people want to be entertained. They don't necessarily want to do homework for a test that might never come up. So like having Quantumania drop all of the hints that it does, having Shazam tease the things that it does, it ultimately may or may not lead to anything. And if it does, in this case of Quantumania, it's going to be years before we actually see Secret Wars like come to fruition. So people still want to be entertained. They still want to go to the movie. When you look at like Top Gun Maverick and you look at Avatar, people still want that. But I don't think they're necessarily looking for that kind of like spectacle event storytelling with Shazam and with Ant-Man. So I, I would to say, too, there's a reason James Gunn is prioritizing freaking Superman. Yes. As phase one of his stuff. There's yeah. a reason why that's the big mm -hmm. crown jewel, because I think they kind of understand it, too. Go ahead, Jay. You know, it bums me out, like, um, just because I liked this movie. I thought it was really cute. And before before I go on a little my thoughts, I actually have a question for Cam. Yeah. Um, and because I feel like this is a really good kids movie. And there was like a kind of a debate about that I saw on Twitter. And now I was like, oh, is it not a kids movie? Because <laughs> I, I I don't have children. But you but so, Cam, you've got some children in your life. Do you get, like did you bring the, your kids to this movie? Do you want your kids to see this movie? I gotta let them watch the first one first. <laughs> we haven't even gotten there yet. So <laughs> I don't know if he's ready for the first one. For some teen undertones, my son at seven years old old is not ready for. <laughs> okay, because so for me, like maybe it's because like I was watching like I like I uh, the uh, Billy wears a Goonie shirt in this movie, and I thought that was really fitting because I was like that was I was eight when I saw Goonies, and it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. These kids were saying shit, and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and like and and that's the vibe I got from this movie and you know it's not the best movie ever it certainly has flaws I gave it a three and a half which I, I thought was you know a nice middle score um it's got problems but I, I love the villains like there was good stuff in there um but it just seems like um for me it's like it was a good kids movie and that's why I liked it but the reviews are so bad and I think that that plays a factor I do think it plays a factor knowing that everything that happens in this movie might not matter that's frustrating i mean it's hard to care when when it when it is meaningless and it depends on the people like for me it's like this is a cute movie i like the first one it's cute so i'm gonna sit through this cute second one um but it's 
all this whole rock situation, I think it's a bit extreme to blame the rock on Shazam's underperformance. I do think that the rock's ego got really in his own way. I think it's, I tweeted this and then I deleted it because I didn't want to be a part of this, this whole story. But like, just imagine if Tom Hiddleston in 2011 was so famous that he could be like, actually, I don't want to fight Thor. I want to fight Captain America. Like, that's insane. Black Adam <laughs> and Shazam go together. Like, that's just what it is. And, and the rock, it's a shame that the rock was so focused on Superman, but uh, but still, even if he didn't want Zachary Levy in his movie, which is honestly hilarious, um, that that's like that's not why Shazam is flopping. I think blaming him is an extreme thing. But also, Zach getting on his Instagram stories <laughs> and and getting shady. I'm like, this is not the Shazam versus Black Adam <laughs> any of us wanted. Yeah, this. We want the the DC universe has more interesting drama outside of it than in it. Like It's just what is going on right now. But I, who knows? I, I think there's a number of factors why Shazam didn't do well. I think the marketing was trash on this. I think that they didn't even tell you what the movie was about. The reason why those gods are there, why uh, Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren are showing up to come after Shazam are a really great consequence of the first film. And if you look at the trailers for this, it's just like, oh, uh, there's another Shazam movie. It doesn't even tell you like a Shazam sequel. It just feels like another Shazam movie. This movie is directly tied to the events of the first one. And if the story was originally supposed to be Black Adam versus Shazam, they did a really good job of coming up with a new story because it works. It works really well following that first movie. Uh, but I also think... Uh, John Wick 4 is one of the best movies of the year. It's one of the best action movies I've ever seen. That comes out next weekend. Scream 6 just dropped, and everybody went and saw that and talked about how good it was. Creed 3 made $100 million in its first weekend, and that was very good. And you got Dungeons & Dragons on the horizon. So in the midst of a packed march with good, good, great, great movies, it's like, well... Should I go squeeze in this film that as a fan of franchises, I know this is about to be a cul-de-sac because... This is the end of the DC universe. They announced that the Flash is going to reset things. It seems pretty clear that everything at this point isn't going to matter, even if Zachary Levi wants to quote tweet me for some reason and say like it, like and imply that it does. Like, bro, I've been supporting the film nonstop, and I'm not like mad at Zachary Levi for it. I think I get being defensive right now on this weekend, but also I'm like, bro, I've been supporting your film. I've been saying nice things. Why me on this one? I don't get that. Um, I would like to say something else. Um, Jim in the comments is saying that this is not a kid's movie because one character has kind of a dramatic death. And I just want to say, I don't know, maybe your kids are all too sensitive. Because wow. 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 <laughs> wow. <laughs> we're dead I feel like I still like. I try why watching a movie with. <laughs> i watching Goon Goonies with kids. <laughs> You were oddly shocked by how many much cursing and all that happens in that movie. You were not ready for that. And I, and I, I love, I like Shazam one. Then, then this one was just like, uh, I gotta, I gotta wait, wait a second. I love what's the first one, and so I don't want to push that down. It's a totally different story. That is a slippery slope. What we can go out if we need, we need to. But I would just say, when you love this movie, there are so many different things. One, I do, I do agree with. You. If you had Ant-Man as a show, I think you think you do way better. And then I think with this, how many people knew about Shazam before this? How many people put Shazam on the same, same level as Superman? The fact that Shazam and Black Adam are, are not together makes a, a lot of discourse. And then you have to go through the DCU stuff. Like, there's, there's so many different factors. And then you got John Wick. There was no chance for this, for this movie doing well when you look at just, just the previews. 
we started seeing the trailers and seeing that, at, oh, we're going to the entire movie. You're going to see Gal Gadot in this. That makes no sense. Like, you're supposed to hold Gal, Gal Gadot. You're not supposed to show her in a trailer. It just ruined what was going on. I, I think that that should, that reveal that's in every trailer. And if you guys haven't seen that, sorry if we just <laughs> dropped the trailer on you. But I mean, if you're watching any channel at all on television, like I was at a bar on St. Patrick's Day and four times I saw that cameo on the TV screens in there in Shazam ad. They advertised that more than the plot. And I mean, I don't know, Black Adam didn't, Black Adam underperformed. So if The Rock would have had a Shazam post credit scene or shown up in Shazam 2, like it's not like that's about to make Shazam Fury of the Gods perform better anyway. So I just think this is a multitude of factors. I think the whole franchise has been a mess. I think DC has had too many cooks in the kitchen since they started doubting Zack Snyder and they let him start as the architect and then they put other architects and you had James Wan doing one thing. You had Kathy on doing one thing. You had, uh, David F. Sandberg doing another. You have Black, you have Dwayne Johnson running a separate franchise within a franchise with John McCollette Sarah as the director over there. I don't know. It became too, so at this point, I'm just like, you know what? It's time to move on. It's just, we got to move on. My question I wanted to have about this was the, the big topic I wanted to discuss. <laughs> the main reason I brought this up on phase zero is because I wanted to talk about do you think the fact that Marvel has dropped so much superhero content? And a lot of it hasn't been met with the excitement and positive, overwhelming reactions that previous Marvel content before 2021 was met with has impacted movies like Shazam and other Marvel titles and DC titles going forward. Has the superhero bubble finally become too crowded and started to really, truly burst at the seams a bit? I think that's true. I think that is partially, I'm not saying it's Marvel's fault Shazam didn't do well, but I do think the sheer amount of superhero content that has become available and marketed as must-watch material and ultimately turned out to not be that must-watch for the reasons many people were made to believe it was, has made some things like Shazam, some of these smaller heroes, if you want to call them that, uh, not as necessary like feeling necessary to casual moviegoers i'm gonna watch them all regardless i love the genre i feel like the big audience sometimes guardians 3 is gonna be the real test but i want to hear what you guys think on this i will say like i feel like two points earlier in the show basically proved this argument i think looking at the results of our march madness bracket a lot of the movies that are winning are the event movies they're avengers movies they're like well-received big satisfying movies in their own right they're not just trying to be an easter egg hunt or tease something that's happening way down the line if you took kang out of quantumania or if we didn't know secret wars was on the horizon i feel like quantumania would be even less satisfying of a movie at the end of the day and i feel like shazam like we said with the reset it's basically the same thing and even bd basically saying oh i liked shazam but i'm not going to go to the theaters to watch it again i think basically proves the point i i'm very curious to see the hbo max numbers the way that i am with the disney plus numbers for quantum mania i feel like a lot yeah. of people will just stream this movie and aren't necessarily paying the ten dollars to go see it in theaters eternals was the most watched phase four movie on disney plus so and yeah. that didn't even do that badly at the box office considering like, the factors yes it was yeah. fine yeah. it was fine <laughs> yeah I, I think that BD, you're partly right. Like I think I think it's like it's like a it's like one tiny piece of a, of a lot of pieces. It's like it's getting bad reviews. It's there is some fatigue, but I I agree with you 100. percent Guardians will be the real test. Um, mm -hmm. I and I think it's I think that that we will not really know 
until then. Also, again, it's I think it's a part of what's coming with DC. I think the, the Flash will help, which has its own problems, of course. But uh, once we know, the Flash might tell us more. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, go ahead, Cam. I, I was just say um, the two, two things that really stick out for, you, for me is: Are you more concerned with putting the future in, instead of staying in the present? Because I, I feel like we've gotten to a, a point where it's. I don't know if we're always concerned with what's going to happen with Kang, the Secret Wars of it all, instead of just making a good story. Because we can get lost in just trying to focus on, on oh, we've got this and we can show you what we're, we're going to do in 2025, 2026, 2028. Get excited about it. But then we just, you know, we let you down with just what we're doing in the present. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's it's hard to think that there's here here fatigue but I, I think we they went, went through Pandora's box by going to TV shows and understanding that we, we could create more con- content. But we lose these main events in the movies where we all wanted to go and have fun. And it just made more and more content and less and less excitement. And streaming in general has made obviously going to the theater more of a challenge because it's it's convincing people to spend money when they're already spending money and they're guaranteed to get the movie at home for $10 a month for something they're already paying for. They just got to wait a little longer or they could go spend a minimum of 40 to go see it, you know, at the theater. And that's it's it's all these factors. So I think it's a lot of things. I think it's ultimately the end of the day. I think Marvel and DC releasing so much content. Uh, and just whatever superhero comic book that can be adapted becoming a thing, becoming a thing is a factor. I think that the movie's reviews were a factor. I think the reset is a factor. I think it's just, I think there's a number of things. I think it's what Aaron said. People just, you know, that people aren't going out as much right now. So it's a lot of things, but uh, I wish the DC universe the best. Cause I want, I, I love these DC characters. I want, man, I, We'll see. We'll see what happens uh, in, in, a, in a few months when the Flash hits theaters, and then uh, we'll go from there with DC Universe. It's going to be real interesting uh, go at theaters for Blue Beetle and, uh, and Aquaman, too. But I'm rooting for that movie. That movie better be good. Yeah, that's I'm, a conversation. I'm a, it's dope. Like, what? <laughs> you have to leave that one up to Kofi and, uh, and Matt and Connor and Janelle and Comic Book Nation. Uh, but, uh, all right, we're going to take quick one last break, and then we got, we got tons of updates about Disney Plus shows that we got to share with you guys uh, in the last part of today's show. So we'll take a quick break and we'll see you in a moment. Welcome back to Phase Zero Season 3, Episode 12. BD, Jenna, Jamie, Aaron, and Cam. Uh, Cam, we call you special guests. Honestly, I feel like you're just an honorary host at this point. Yeah, yeah. You're not special anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you just got promoted from special guest to uh, to co-host. Here, wait, Cam, you're muted. Oh, oh, oh. I'm, oh, I'm, just, a I'm just a sidekick. Oh. <laughs> I'm, with that. I, I'm a groupie. The sidekick is not supposed to literally be like more superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you are. You're, I don't know if we can, we can classify you as a sidekick, Cam. You got the build of a. Uh, of a Thor. I'm All right, not a bodyguard. I just make sure that the perimeter is, is clear. We're good. We're it's secure. <laughs> Cam knows we love him. I saw Cam this morning. I didn't know Cam was on the show, and I was like, I freaked out. I was so excited to see Cam. I was like, what a good morning greeting. 
It's always fun. It's always fun when Cam joins us. And I was, I was glad we were able to make this happen. BD just invites me and doesn't tell the fam. He told us. I don't. Oh, I, I don't think Jamie saw the message. <laughs> I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday is my weekend. So if information comes at me that way, I'm, I miss it. <laughs> all right y'all we got a couple more topics of news to talk about before we wrap up today's show disney plus stuff left and right uh everything is dropping except new episodes uh jenna you want to take this first one absolutely i will just say cam is the bane to our poison ivy for everyone who likes batman and robin (laughs) like that's just the analogy i'm thinking of Um, so so uh there are new set photos for daredevil born again um if you don't want spoilers for the show at all I apologize in advance. The show's probably so far away. You're probably going to get spoiled on this regard. But if you want to skip ahead a couple minutes, you probably can. Uh, the new set photos show a board at a church that Matt Murdock is in front of. And a date on it says March 15, 2020, which, as BD joked at the start of the show, whether in the MCU or in our own universe, that's not necessarily a date that a lot of people want to go back to, obviously, given the pandemic and everything. But now this has started a lot of theories about some or all or part of the show taking place during the blip and kind of showing how Matt was a lawyer and a superhero during that stretch of time. If that is the case, I am super excited for that because that feels so unexplored. And I can just imagine how heartbreaking it would be to show him realizing that people are blipping around him. That would be just so visually interesting. But what do y'all think? Well, well, it'd be visually interesting to everybody except Matt Murdock. (laughs) What that be like for him <laughs> like like that would be crazy yeah uh i love the idea of part or all of this show being set during the blip um because i love exploring mcu mythology uh in ways like that more so than in ways like eternals did like it, it's already part of this thing we're very interested in like one of my favorite scenes in was it hawkeye where yelena disappeared yeah uh, was like seeing what happened to characters in moments that are these world moments that we all know happened, that we all want to see how it impa- impacted different characters. I find that to be really interesting. And that would explain why Foggy and Karen might not be in the show. If it's all said during the blip, maybe they got dusted and they're coming back one day. Uh, but I, I will say, because the chat is pointing this out, people have done detective work and like Google imaged, Google maps that church. And like, apparently they just haven't changed their sign in a while. So there is a chance that like oh. this is an error, but I want to hold on to optimism that this is a story point because that would just be really cool to see. Jokes on them. Sign guy got blipped. <laughs> yes. Dang. Yeah. I, that would make maybe the church stopped gathering in March 2020 and they stopped updating their sign. I mean, that wouldn't be too far fetched. Why? Well, no. Talk to ourselves out. I went from the, really <laughs> the blip iron fist and then he just never comes back. Adam. No, he did it. Oh man, uh, they're all coming back though. I mean, uh, maybe not. Maybe I don't know. It seems uh, my bet is that Charlie Cox, John Bernthal, and then uh, Kristen Ritter, and probably Mike Coulter are all going to be back. And Vincent D'Onofrio. I don't know about, but like, but how do you bring that many people back and just be like, well, Finn? Here's the thing: <laughs> everyone's back except, I guess. Well, that's that's what you do to Ed Norton, I guess. So. Ooh. Or, or 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 Terrence Howard, but it happened. It, ha- it has happened, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, interesting theory there. We're done with the spoiler chat for uh, Daredevil: Born Again. Sorry if that was too spoilery. Hope you're still here with us. 
Jamie. Jamie, what you got? Moving on, us? moving on. All right. Uh, Disney Plus updates. First of all, ooh, it's a good one. WandaVision composer Christoph Beck has been added to Agatha Coven of Chaos. This is very exciting. I just got the record this week for the WandaVision soundtrack. I mean, come on. It, the music won an Emmy. It's like, yes, we want more good music. Catherine Hahn has said that there's going to be music. Like, we want music. Music's great. Love it. Um, Vision Quest, uh, are we, should I go through all these? Yeah, just hit on, yeah, why okay. not? All right, uh, Vision Quest got writers, uh, Megan McDonald and Peter Cameron. Awesome, excited about Vision Quest. Um, and then this follows the official um, updates uh, on Disney+. Plus. Shows are listed now as coming in 2023. Uh, they went from coming in 2023 to coming soon. We don't have any release dates um, for any shows, not even Loki, which is crazy. Um, but for their scooper, Casey Walsh and uh, Comic Circus's Alex P are saying that Secret Invasion might come in June. And that seems real, like realistic, but we don't really know. I'm, I'm just like waiting for these dates to drop. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Can I just say one thing? Like, I used to love in VHS movies where you would get the coming soon yes. and coming in January or coming in, in February. And like, I miss that we can't hold people accountable to these dates because we just keep pushing it further and further away. And it gets harder and harder to know when these great shows are coming out. But, you know, if, if it makes better product, I'm all for it. It's the it's the digital age. They can change things even after the release, and they can change the release dates if they never tell you. <laughs> I, I yeah. think it's I think back to the whole thing we were talking about about fatigue and just like the amount of projects and the breadth of projects. I I, I know when people like reports came out previously that were like, oh, Secret Invasion and Loki might be the only two shows that are in a lock for the year. All of the comments that I saw online, the vast majority were positive. They were like, this is such a big W. I'm so happy we get like this quality, like quality of shows as opposed to quantity. I I think it's going to be such an interesting shift and it's a thing that people aren't necessarily prepared for, but I do think they are going to let everything breathe a little bit and be more of an event because it's so hard to get invested in any of the Disney plus shows, Marvel or star Wars, if they're doubled up on each other or if they're right back to back, or if they're told you're told that they matter and they really don't. So I hope for the best they're coming soon in one way or another, they can't cancel all of these. This won't be a Batgirl situation. So we're getting them at one point or another. So at mm -hmm. least there's that. Way to get that Batgirl shot in there, Jenna. Good job. I gotta, have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, gotcha. I gotta say, it does feel a little bit, and this is, I, I don't want anybody to get too, too mad, but it does feel like them putting training wheels on everybody. It does. It feels a little bit like we got the tricycle big wheel that I used to drift until the wheels literally evaporated into dust when I was a kid. Because if you don't have the dates, you cannot get mad, like Cam said, about them not beating them. You know, and you get that weird Beyonce effect where some people might just not know it exists. And then you wake up one morning and here's here's Werewolf by Night, which is basically <laughs> what happened with Werewolf by Night. Um, and, you know, I really I, I I hope to God, maybe if if we're never going to break, if you're never going to break yourself of the whole like slowing it down, is going to make these better. I hope to God that y'all are right. I hope, you know, I hope that that's what happens. I, you know, I sound like Tony Stark after he died. Like, I hope we can all get it back. I hope it can be the same that it was before. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I think that people might just need to, I don't know, like, maybe touch grass. I don't know. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, though. I mean, I think even if they're not drastically changing these projects in delaying them, which I think in, like, the case of the Marvels, 
I don't have any doubt that's in the case that they need to finish post-production on that. Yeah, it's probably, probably a huge VFX film. Like they're making the film better by delaying it. It's like when a video game gets delayed, you only get to release it once. You mm -hmm. either release a bad game or you hold it and you release a better game later. Tell that Sorry, to the Cyberpunk fans. Tell that to the Cyberpunk <laughs> fans. They can release a game more than one time. They should have waited. They yeah. should have waited. They really should have. Yeah. So I think that Marvel's at a really critical point right now. I think that there's just no denying. I still like what Marvel's putting out. I still watch every episode. First thing in the morning, it's literally coffee and new episode of whatever's out there. Partially because it's my job, but partially because I'm a fan and I love this stuff. And there's been nothing that's turned me off to the point that's like, oh my gosh, and I have to watch this or I don't want to watch this. The only thing that's ever made me come close to feeling that is how much there is. Granted, we have a lot of work to do. We got to wake up, watch it, cut it up, go study, go research, go get ready for the talk. That's one thing. And that's not, there's worse, far worse problems to have than that. But it is like there's so much to watch. And that's true of everything. That's not just superhero content. There is so much to watch everywhere. Like HBO Max is dropping great stuff. Disney Plus is dropping great stuff and some other stuff. And so with HBO Max, Peacocks, Paramount Plus, Showtime. You got Yellow Jackets coming out soon. Like every, there is so much. Star Wars, Marvel, DC are just like the the figureheads that used to dominate every single headline, but that grip has slipped. And that's why it's a critical moment. Marvel used to be a layup. Everything they released was guaranteed to be watched and talked about endlessly. And now I think the number one thing people are saying, whether it's a like some reactions are great and some people don't love everything. Some people hate some things. But a, but the most common thing I hear from people, from friends, from colleagues, like whether it's in the comic book office or other journalists who work for different outlets or even like broadcast Fox News, it doesn't matter. Like the local, not, I don't talk to people from Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk, I'm referencing like just different, I don't want to get to talk, name anybody specifically, but I talk to people who work for like local Fox outlets and do movie junkets and they do the interviews and we all see each other at junkets. I talk to people from everywhere, from all these different media outlets and people are just, the, the common thing I hear is it's hard to keep up. I'm getting tired of trying to keep up. I, as, as a MCU fan who my job really exists because of my fandom and my expertise and my passion for it and how much I love talking about it, I'm not going to really ever be able to complain or say, I want less, but I will say, I only, I want less because I want people to enjoy it the way they did before. I want that conversation. And I think there's no way that Marvel Studios isn't recognizing that that is one of the most common things people are saying, well, no matter where they're from. <laughs> and then I ain't talking to, listen, I'll tell you right now, I ain't talking to people from, from, from Fox News, Fox News. I will say to your point, and then and then Cam can go. Like I, there's this quote from a Netflix executive. I can't remember who it is, but it lives rent free in my brain for the past couple of years. And they basically were like, "Our biggest competition isn't Fortnite; it's sleep." Because they were like, they want it to be this thing where every waking hour of the day you have content you can stream, and so they want to be the content that you can stream, and then you just go to sleep, and then you do it all again the next day. So it's like, yeah, there is so much to consume, and there's so much that's taking your attention the stuff needs to matter more. There needs to be more time to be able to appreciate it all. I, I mean, a question. Go ahead. what's going to happen with armor wars? Because I feel like it's moved back and forth so much. Are you just going to get rid of that project to begin with? I don't I think mean, so. I think it'll be a movie, but I have no idea when. No, I just here's what I want. And this is going to be such a hot take. I know, especially with the phase of your audience. <laughs> 
I want Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars pushed back. Yes. I want them both delayed. I want Secret Wars in 2028. I want Kang Dynasty in 2026. I want another Spider-Man movie. I want another Shang-Chi movie before we go to those Avengers films. I want to know these characters and be able to expect dynamics between characters because of how well we know them. And I know phase one before the first Avengers movie, it was only five titles before the first Avengers movie. But it just, I don't really know how to describe it. It just felt like when they met, it was less people meeting than we're expecting in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. And it all made sense. All the stories tied together, like Loki, what like came straight out of Thor, Captain America was put on, like, I don't know, man. It just was seemingly easier to follow, I guess. Not that the MCU is like this disjointed mess that's hard to follow, but for casual people, it is hard to follow. There's too much. But I want it to all get pushed back so that we can fit in things and spread them out instead of cramming them in. We have to see Spider-Man before Secret Wars. Where is that going to fit? Armor Wars, where is that going to fit? So I really think that that's kind of one of the things that's happening behind the scenes. I don't know that for a fact, but I think that's happening. Well, I don't know about Spider-Man, but you go see Tom Holland this uh, summer at uh, Spider-Man Cross <laughs> Spider-Verse. So I'll bet you yeah, yeah, I think that's true. We just re- released a short on the Phase Zero YouTube channel, fully inspired by Aaron being a prophet on the show. Cam, I want to ask you this before we let's, we got to wrap up because we are running over. Mm-hmm. We only booked Cam for one hour. We have to pay him <laughs> by the minute at this point. But... <laughs> <laughs> but Cam, we were t- we were talking last week about across the Spider Verse, and then it's going to go on to beyond the Spider Verse. And Aaron has a theory that that movie could lead to a live action ending that sends Miles Morales, that version of Miles Morales, to Secret Wars in live action. A, do you think that's going to happen? B, do you want to see that? Uh, C, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you want that. You know, I'm all for these crossovers. It's just going to be Avengers Co- Coachella at this point. Like, we want everybody <laughs> to do the same movie, and we just want them to just be there. We don't under- have to understand it. We just want them all together. Like, I want the X-Men. I want the Fantastic Four. I want everybody in the same movie. But, you know, across the uh, Spider-Verse, that's the movie my son's looking forward to. And so, like, we saw the first one, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the best movie ever. If they can top that movie, it's going to be unbelievable because the amount of work, uh, the the way it felt like a comic book. Like, how many movies can say they felt like a comic book that accurately? Um, So it's going to be really cool to see. Yeah. That is my only fear, though, is how good that first movie is. It's like, well... If y'all get this Disney and Sony and Marvel Studios contract situation involved, does it murk the waters? Do we end up with a Morbius post-credit scene involving this character? I hope not. Ugh. Ugh. Please, Please don't God. Morbius. I don't even want to see that movie. Morbius made more money in its opening weekend than Shazam Fury of the Gods. Apparently, <sighs> don't got a lot of fans out there. Golly. Hide your kids. Hide your kids. You know those are Matt Smith fans. Come yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> <been> <laughs> well, what, Zachary Levi fan, you know, Chuck, we're, we're not for that. People, uh, people are, people are a little hot on Zachary Levi right now. A little heated with Zachary Levi right now, but that's a topic for comic book nation. We are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that is our show today. I had a blast. I think we need to just open up 
uh, the show a little bit more. Like, I think we should dedicate more more time in the future to just random conversation because I feel like we we all have a lot of things like just random questions, talking points, whatever we feel like bring it up. We could let the comment section guide us on that. We could come here with our own little talking points and see how big the conversation gets because I the most fun we have, I think, is when we just let loose and just talk to each other. So if you guys want to see that, let us know in the comment section. Uh, I love having people like Cam on the show because we know, like, I always get a little bit nervous when we have special guests for the first time. Because I'm like, listen, they say they like Marvel, but we really like we go in and it's like, how much do you like Marvel? Are you going to be sitting here like, oh, God, what do I what did I just get myself into? I don't know what this is. I don't care, whatever. But then every, so far, everybody is pretty. I'm pretty sure we've never had somebody who came on the show and didn't know what they were talking about. But I'm always worried. Like you say you love Marvel. But, you know, we really, we eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff for the show, for our lives. You know, it's fun. But Cam's always, like, I love having people like Cam on because at the end of the show, we just cut loose and start talking. It's like, okay, I feel comfortable just talking about whatever, and everybody's going to feel comfortable talking back. So I, I, I love that, man. Well, like, I love coming on, and, like, I love talking Marvel. The one thing I just learned halfway through the show is, oh, there's a comment section. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking through it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Cam's messing up here. Cam's not talking about this. I'm like, I'm going to go back to the private chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is there is a uh, there's a comment section. I our comment section is we we got lucky. We have a really great community. Mm. Uh and we like I'll go read our reviews and actually I should say this now. We're going to start sending out phase 0 stickers to people who leave five-star reviews. So I don't know how we get in touch with you about that, but Jim Viscardi uh, Jim from his jail cell, of course, said that idea to me uh, while we were playing Fortnite together the other night. And I was like, all right, but then he said, I have to mail them all out myself. And I was like, well, then we'll see how many stickers go out. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we'll figure it out. But uh, if you leave a five star review, we will get a sticker mailed out. Cam, I feel like we owe you a few stickers by this point. Uh, and we'll get sent to you. I'm all about stickers, bro. Hey, man, we love that. Uh, it could go right on that big old Iron Man pops forehead, of course. Oh, I think we're going to say on my forehead. <laughs> zero tattoo you're getting the phase zero ink right there right, so this sticker right there if you're watching Ooh. uh it's that phase zero sticker if you want a comic book sticker we could probably get you one of those too i don't know how much stock we have but that's not my problem that's a gym problem and we'll let <laughs> Jim's sitting in his office right now watching this like what the hell is he saying end the show <laughs> <laughs> all right so well, let's end the show jamie any last words for today's show yeah, I don't know. Educate your children. Show them the boonies. <laughs> Let them know that there are real, wow. is really good quality content out there that's not just like Peppa Pig, okay? Um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Watch TV. Have a good time. Be nice to each other. Be nice to each other. Yeah, novel idea. Aaron, what you got? <laughs> Uh, it's at some of the corner. And wow, Jamie can't whistle. Um, so... three. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, she didn't go to D23. That's right. <laughs> um, Spider-Man Hive, we can do this. We can beat Guardians of Round 2. Come on. Let's get let's get this 12 seed, this plucky 12 seed into the round. Next round. Come on. Let's do it. Don't call us plucky. <laughs> Jenna, what you got for us? It's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on all the social medias. Go read some comics. There's a new issue of She-Hulk this week that's a good jumping on point with the Fantastic Four in it. There's the Women of Marvel one-shot this week. There's a lot of great comics to check out, so go read them. I'm going to say this so Cam doesn't have to, but he's still welcome to go listen to the Not Just Football podcast. Cam, any last words for today's show? Thank you guys for having me. I had a blast. Keep inviting me back. I come back. Um, 
I'll, I'll make sure I study and I'm ready for the next topic. <laughs> Dude, if you want, if you are feeling up to it, we are putting together, we're finding a date to do our Infinity Saga rankings episode where we one by one reveal each movie in order from our last Ooh. to first. And uh, you, Ooh. that's when the comment section gets Ooh. real fired up. So Ooh. if you want, you're welcome to join us for that. Yes, I'll be there for the comments. Dude, it'll be wild, dude. So we're going to, everybody, we're going to figure that out. Infinity Saga rankings episode. It's officially official. We don't have, we're, we're pulling the Disney Plus coming soon. Exactly. So thank you everybody for watching and joining. If you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to us, we really appreciate you as well. Please continue to share our show with your friends. Subscribe to the Phasio channel on YouTube. We're going to have some cool, cool stuff for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That conversation is starting already. We're getting some ideas turning, and uh, we're looking forward to that. So huge thanks to friend of the show, Cam Hayward, for always coming on here and bringing a fantastic guest and co-host with us. And uh, we will see you next week, everybody. Bye.